Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And again, we're coming to you uh, socially distanced. Yeah, from a mile down the road from each other. Yeah. but I am really going to enjoy it, our first show like face-to-face, because looking across this desk and seeing uh, Mr. MT Chair, where my buddy Brian usually sits, is it's starting to get to me, man. Yeah, and uh, technologically speaking, it's way easier. <laughs> When we're in the same room. <laughs> yeah, it's way easier. It's way easier. So Hopefully sometime in the not too distant future. Yeah, so we're going to try to uh, help you beef up your magic collection on the cheap this week. Yeah, we uh, came across, I think we talked about it very briefly last week. We came across a potential situation to help build your collections out. So we're going we're gonna to kind of go over some of that this week. Yeah, and we have some new stuff to hit because uh, there's been a lot of, uh, again, like coronavirus impacting magic and release. Yeah, the world's on fire, if you hadn't noticed. Exactly. And we're just that little dog in the picture. Everything's fine. Let's talk some magic. That's right. So if you would like to talk some magic at us, uh, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can find us on Facebook. Send, a, send us a message. Leave us a post. Uh, casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, we love hearing from you guys. I've answered probably more emails in the last two or three weeks than I think I ever have on the show total. So thank you for piping up and keep them coming. If you want to hit us up on Patreon, we got our Patreon up and running. Throw us a couple bucks, keep the show going. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, we had an idea for some stuff that may or may not come to fruition. Talk about being vague there, right? Very vague. Uh, Cryptic even. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if any of that pans out. Also, we have our TCG affiliate link that we're going to talk about in a little while because it kind of ties into the main topic of the show today. But if you visit uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com, I'm sure the link will be in the description. Um, anything you buy from TCG Player after that point will help us out a little bit to give us a little cut of whatever you buy. So another way to help support the show. We are uh, a little worried that magic content is going to be a little thin for the next six weeks, maybe yeah. longer. Yeah, I know uh, you mentioned the other day that we're going to or you mentioned a little bit earlier today that we're going to start having some spoilers to talk about. And we will. But this spoiler season is very brief compared to what we usually have. We haven't really talked about this yet, but I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do our video. Oh, like yeah. Like review that we normally do. Yeah, we might not be able to. We might have to, like, you know, yeah. make that a uh, a audio-only affair. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to discuss that. Yeah. Um, like our spoilers are going to be condensed and I don't know if we're going to do that episode the way we normally do. And then they're also releasing things strangely after that. So I don't know what that's going to do for content. Yeah. So if you have any topics you're interested in us talking about, any strategy things, any like basics on, I know we've covered a lot of getting from arena to paper, but anything that you feel like we've missed now is the time to send us your ideas for shows because yeah admittedly i've been checked out of competitive magic slash standard for the last 
I don't know. Two weeks. Two or three weeks, which feels like yeah. forever. This is like the longest yeah. I've been checked out of like standard yeah. in like five years. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. There's, and, there's a lot more going on than uh, having to, you know, follow a Twitch stream for a couple hours at night or whatever. If, you know, typically I don't find myself following the news much at all. I can't stand watching the news. But uh, just about every night when I've gotten home, I've, you know, made an effort to keep up with whatever the latest and greatest goings on have been. And that's kind of eaten into my magic time a little bit. Yeah. And uh, like for me, I'm at a computer all day. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the last thing I want to do is like actually like think real hard and be at a computer for another couple hours. And maybe I'm wrong. I kind of think about you guys, the audience, or you folks, the audience as Mm -hmm. people that are kind of like us in that Mm -hmm. you're interested in competitive magic, but you've got other things going on and family obligations and, you know, careers what have you or you know at this point not careers and like you've got bigger I'm, I'm things being optimistic yeah but you've got bigger things going on so yeah. you know you're kind of right there with us with not being locked in on competitive magic but if like we're wrong and you're like no mm-hmm. i really miss like i want to know about salt high ramp or team or flash then mm-hmm. Let us know and we can try to gear things that way or try to gear back up. But, you know, we're looking at it as like more evergreen stuff and things that are not, you know, right now happening. What is the best deck to play for the next two weeks or what is a cool like F&M deck because those don't exist anymore. Right. Um, So let us know where you want us to take the show for the next few weeks because, you know, if not, we're going to hope. That this uh, Aquarius stuff that they're going to give us is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It seems, yeah, I don't, I, there was some spoilers, not spoilers, leaks, I guess, yeah. that came out over the weekend that I really wasn't going to talk about because I have some questions of their uh, validity. Yeah. I kind of have an idea what's going on, but I don't want to say anything because I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And if they are true, like, I don't know what to make of this set. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. So, yeah, but just just uh, send us some ideas. If not, we're going to, you know, try to find some stuff to talk to you guys about to give you yeah. a break from the fire that is the world. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, after we kind of talked about this episode a little bit last week, um, we did have a whole bunch of positive feedback about people wanting to hear about it. And I think I've got at least two episodes worth of content on this subject. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, you know, we're not going to have a show to give you guys next week or anything, but we would love to have some things to fill in the blanks a little bit if that time comes. Yeah. So look out for you, boys. Yep. And uh, make sure you tell your friends, too. We're, we're still trying to grow the show and, you know, having a reasonably sized listener base is a key component of that. So if you like what you hear, if you know a friend that has a topic for the show, by all means, let them know, get a hold of us and keep this thing going if they have time like what else yeah. are they doing you can only <laughs> watch tiger king. yeah watch tiger king so many times before yeah. you're like you know what i'm good yeah I'm good <laughs> all of a sudden my life doesn't seem that bad <laughs> like man I, I got my stuff figured out all right so let's start with some newsy stuff that kind of yeah. relates to icoria sure 
Wizards released their uh, tentatively revised Ikoria timeline. Okay. I guess starting April 2nd, which is Thursday, I believe. It is. Uh, we're, we're going to get the Ikoria trailer, and that will also be the first day of spoilers. Okay. So I suspect we'll have spoilers Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some of the uh, like content creators will do some of their spoilers over the weekend. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I know like the last couple sets, they've tried to plan everything out as far as like when the cards are going to be spoiled. But I don't think like any of that really pertains right now because like the world's in chaos. Yes. So I don't know if they're going to hold people to that or if they're going to have spoilers over the weekend or what the deal is. I do know that April 10th, is the last day of previews. So they're going to spoil the whole set over eight days. Which is insane. Like, it seems like spoiler season was typically two or three weeks. I think the intent was for spoiler season to, like, already have started. Oh, okay. And then because everything got put on, like, semi-permanent hiatus, like, they just kind of didn't do it. Yeah, and then just, when they came out with this timeline, they were like, well, we have to do spoilers, so let's fit them in. Yeah, we have to get spoilers done before yeah. the before like the pre-pre-release, which might not even happen, or might be like a Zoom oh, call, yeah. because they can't all be in the same room, presumably. Well, if they're still doing it loading ready run, they were in Canada, I think, Vancouver. Okay. I... I have not really been paying attention to how Canada's doing and all this. I'm just realizing. I I, I know that uh, Justin Trudeau's wife got COVID-19. Okay. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago, and uh, Vancouver's not that far from Seattle. so That's true. Yep. So I, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. But it's yeah. it's like, it it's I guess you're right. I guess it should have started, because I know we mentioned a, like a month ago that it was like, oh, like, a month till spoilers, and it just hasn't crossed yeah. my mind that we haven't had spoilers yet. I'm like, oh, spoilers are going to happen soon. Yeah. And it's like, I saw like the release dates the 23rd or 24th, like what was, what, what the release date was supposed to be. Right. And I was like, oh, spoilers should start. But yeah. it just didn't dawn on me that it's it should have already yeah. happened. That we're like happened, a week yeah. behind. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to get all the cards real fast. Oh yeah. And then, like I said, April 10th is the last day, so that's only like eight days worth of spoilers. And then on April 16th, so the 10th is a Friday, so the following Friday... Thursday. ...will be... Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Will be the Ikoria release on Magic Online and Arena. Which is normal. Well, I mean, it's kind of normal. That is supposed to be when pre-release was. Well, pre-release it would have been in the 17th. It's always a day early. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But it, w- it would have been that weekend. Yes. And then April 17th is going to be pre-release only in Asia. Yeah. Which I, I don't understand how that's going to happen. I don't know where other countries are on people hanging out together. I recently yeah. read... Like this week that China ordered all of their movie theaters closed again. So they weren't yeah. huge fans of people hanging out together. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I read a couple other um, articles that I don't want to get into too much like political or yeah. conspiracy theory 
whatever, but I've read some other articles that were concerning about China today. Yes. We'll leave it at that. I don't know how that's going to happen. Let's put it this way. We have three weeks, roughly, between now and then. Correct. Think about the world three weeks ago and how far we are (laughs) from it now. We could could all be high-fiving and hanging out at the park, or we could be fighting over gas Mad Max style in three weeks. We don't know. So, sure. That's a good point. Sure, we might we we're gonna have Asian <laughs> pre-release on the seventeenth. Sounds great. Okay, we'll see. Or we'll be using pa- toilet paper for money. I just, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. Nobody nobody knows at this point. But those are our only two options. Uh, yeah, no, nothing in between. Nothing in between. So then a month later, so May fifteenth. I have a parenthesis pending further developments because though they seemed fairly confident in the April 17th pre-release in Asia, the announcement did not sound super confident about the May 15th rest of world pre-release slash release. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but that's what it is. April 17th is going to happen. May 15th, we don't know. Yeah. Very weird. It's be super weird because i'm assuming that in terms of a Mm pre-release we will have like already been you know playing the set for a month online yeah neck deep in the set for a month like how do you like then have a pre-release like you're just doing a bunch of like seals with like one extra like promo card yeah for basically no reason like the whole point of having pre-release is to get cards in your hands early and if you've already been jamming, you know, drafts on Arena or Seals or on Arena seals. for a month. Yeah, you know, you already know, like, that newness, like, oh, this is fun and neat thing yeah. is gone. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to try to do it just because so many stores rely on pre-release as the way that they make their money. or like yeah. Or finance, like their boxes like hey we're right. gonna we're gonna use pre-release to pay for all the boxes that we're gonna then sell mm-hmm. and like there's like a hole in that chain now a big hole yeah so it'll be interesting to see if like they actually it actually has any impact or if it's just like do you want to go play sealed well the only thing that this pre-release does have going for it are the commander decks because they're going to be coming out the same time, or they're supposed to be coming out the same time. So, like, you might get people showing up to do what originally was supposed to be just, like, the in-between event, where you played a game of Commander, like, with the new Commanders in-between pre-releases. It kind of might have flip-flopped now when people show up to pre-release just to play with the new Commander decks and not really participate in pre-release. Yeah, are those Commander decks going to come out at the pre-release or are they going to come out beforehand they're supposed to come out at the pre-release and they haven't said otherwise so i'm assuming they're still okay planning on that date they said that they're um they're combining the pre-release and release weekend into one event okay so i would imagine that's where the commander decks are going to fall also oh okay so we will see Pending this, further developments. This will be the most unusual rollout for a magic set ever. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So if this is your first one, this is how they always go. <laughs> no, this is not how they always go. 
If it's your first one, I'm sorry. I'll apologize in advance. Hopefully M21. Uh, or the Alta Fairy All the Time show? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Team Break Standard will be uh, yeah. just, will, will be better. Hopefully. All right. So, in light of all this craziness going on, Watsi <laughs> is also trying to help out the LGSs by giving them free product. This seems like I'm misreading it, but... No, that is 100% true. You are not misreading it at all. Um, Wizards has, I guess, realized suddenly that local game stores are important to their business model. I don't know how or why they like all of a sudden came to this realization. It seems like Wizards has kind of done everything they can the last couple of years to stick it to the LGS, but... Yeah, they said that they're going to be providing local uh, WPN certified or I guess WPN qualifying stores or whatever. They're going to be supplying them some number of mystery booster boxes, like free of charge. Yeah, just to take these, make profit. Yeah, just to like give them something to keep them going until they can get back up on their feet. I'm sure um, that, you know... There's some one with like an abacus somewhere that, you know, every dollar they made in arena cost them this many dollars in LGS sales and they were fine <laughs> with the math. And yeah. then uh, all of a sudden in the last like two weeks, their LGS sales went to zero. Right. Like actual zero. And they were like, oh, no, we don't like yeah. this number being zero. <laughs> if all these places go out of business, this number is just zero. What yeah. do we do? Yeah, and I know we've said it the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to pick uh, this moment in time right now to uh, remind everybody to please, I'm begging you to go support your local game store. I was talking with my buddy that owns the local game store here. While he thinks that he will be able to weather the storm and get through this, um, he said most of his friends that are part of like a local game store network that he's involved with will not. He said something like in between a third and half of local game stores don't plan to reopen their doors. Yeah, they probably just can't. Yeah, they, they can't do it. They can't. But it's hard for a local game store because you have to have so much money tied up in like virtual currency almost. Like you have to have such a big singles inventory and such a big board game inventory and such a big, you know, miniatures inventory like just to stay open that you really don't have a whole lot of like liquid cash sitting around. Yeah. And when the market tanks, like your liquid asset and singles also tanks and a lot of places just don't have the capital to, you know, wait a month. Yeah. And have... like your customers, they aren't going to be spending, they're not going to have disposable income. Right. To go buy a $60 board game or spend $100 on singles. Yep. The thing that you would normally move, you just can't move. Yeah. So if you have the means, please do something for your local game store if you value them being around at all. It is not going to be an easy time for them. Yeah. So WotC is giving them free product. Mm-hmm. And they're also letting LGSs run FNMs on Arena and like charge entry fees. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was awesome of Wizards 
our local game store is not partaking in this for reasons I'm not going to go into right now. If yours is, I want to know what the deal is. So please shoot us an email, shoot us a question on Facebook, get at us on Twitter or something. Let us know how people are doing this because I think it sounds awesome. So I participated in the F&M at Home event this weekend. Yeah, so. I think that's a little bit different from what like this is, though. Okay, like I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was something where you did the F&M at Home event and then when you contact your local game store to get like your code for, mm-hmm. hey, I, went, I won my two matches or whatever, if it's a situation where they're like, okay, the entry fee for your code is $5. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how that was working. But yeah, if there's another model, then yeah, I'm, absolutely I'm be interested sure. to see how it worked. Yeah. I am super interested. So if any of you did that or plan on doing it, get a hold of us. Yeah, I think that there is some sort of promo that the LGS can give out like for their you know, entrance fee or whatever. But I believe they can also run it like as a tournament as well and not okay. just you know, get some wins and get out. I also participated in the FNM at home and my experience there, while good, I, I don't believe is what the LGS running FNM on Arena thing is. I think they're they're a little bit different. Okay. But the fact that they're letting them charge ten dollars mm-hmm. somehow to do that right. just as a way to try to get a little bit of capital into the store yeah. is is a good thing. I uh, actually was on Reddit last week and somebody was complaining because their local game store was charging ten dollars for this event. And I uh, I kind of went all old man on him and typed out a big long rant and uh, made him delete his his post. <laughs> oh, man, that's like, did you win an Internet argument? I think I did. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That is the biggest news of the day. Someone won an Internet <laughs> argument. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. You, you cracked the code. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I don't feel any better or worse about it, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, like this is a time where your local game store needs something needs you. from you. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need you. They've done, regardless whether you realize it or not, they have done tremendous things for you in this hobby, in your social life, whatever. And uh, they need you to pay them back a little bit right now. So, so please do that. So the next thing I added real quick is apparently anywhere that has the challenger decks currently in stock mm-hmm. can sell them. Okay. So I know that this came up uh, on Twitter a little bit and I read an article. So if somewhere has challenger decks, they're already like released. I think part of the problem is that the a lot of chains are down. Yeah. A lot of the suppliers are just, they close their doors. Yeah. Cause who's, like we said, who's ordering board games right now or magic right. cards? Yeah. So I know uh, I was talking to my buddy that runs the game store here, and I'm pretty sure he said both of his distributors are closed up. So even if like there's a warehouse full of challenger decks, there's probably not all of them out there. But you know, if you're interested right. in one and you like see one at a local game store or something, like this is the time to just buy it as opposed to waiting if you have the the wherewithal. Yep, would definitely help them out. All right, so now for like our big topic. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I guess, recession finance. Yeah, I don't know what you want to call this. We are going to have a uh, kind of an ongoing series about this, I think. 
So if you guys have any better uh, better names for the segment than recession finance, let us know. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll adjust accordingly. I do have a couple quick uh, things that I need to kind of preface this segment with. Um, the first one is that this is a game. Okay. Don't forget that. This is a game played with pieces of colored cardboard. Okay. Do not take financial advice from random guy on the internet talking about cardboard. Okay. Um, Check. My, <laughs> my kind of thought process in going through this segment was these are cards that should be like hiding in your staples box so that when you're building decks, you have access to them. Some of them are screaming deals that you probably can't afford to pass up. However, it's not my fault if you buy 300 copies of something on this list and you don't get your money back out of them. Correct. Okay. You brought this Good. on yourself. Yep. So now that we are we are all together on the same page, we're kind of looking at cards that are cheaper than they should be, like air quotes should be. Um, cards that see a lot more play than their current value would suggest. This is kind of like unknown territory right now. So we have not had a reprint set in this size ever. Uh, Mystery Boosters, I believe, is larger than like all of the other master sets combined. Um, so we just had a whole bunch of reprints like sunk into the magic economy. On top of that, we had an unprecedented drop in paper magic play due to the world around us right now. That leaves the finance market in a very, very weird place. You have supply of a lot of like staples cards going very high through the roof at the exact same time that demand plummets. So I think that some of this drop is going to be artificial where people, you know, opened a bunch of product and have cards that they're trying to move. Maybe people are nervous about what the future holds and are trying to get off some cards that they may or may not have been able to afford when they bought them. I think there's a lot of reasons why people are coming off of these cards right now. So I think that uh, if you have the financial means right now, is probably a decent time to buy into a couple different formats. Yeah, I and think like I there's a lot of people that, again, might not be as fortunate to still have a job. And are looking to like move cards to, you know, get basic necessities. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a great thing to say, but there is an opportunity for you to get some cards on the cheap. And mm -hmm. like you said, uh, mystery boosters just put so much supply out there. Yeah. There's no one to suck up that supply right now. Mm -hmm. This segment is going to stretch beyond mystery boosters also. But all of today's episode and potentially some of the next segment we do are going to be all mystery boosters because I think that was hit the hardest as far as like financial stuff goes. At the end of this episode, I made a TCG affiliate link with all of these cards populated in it. So if you're interested in picking anything up, you can click right there. It'll bring up TCG Player. You can edit the quantity numbers. It'll put everything right into your cart and find you the cheapest copies of that card. So that's already done for you. Doing it that way will help us out. Uh, throw us a couple bucks back through our uh, affiliate link. Also, 
we just got done on a huge rant about helping your local game store out. I'm sure your local game store had opened a whole bunch of this the first week it came out. You can also pick up some stuff there. Although I do have to say on that topic that a lot of places have frozen their pricing, like Channel Fireball, Star City, Card Kingdom. I know a lot of that pricing has been frozen in time where they're like, because the market is in such high rate of flux right now, they don't trust the prices. So they've frozen everything. A lot of local game stores pull their pricing from those big guys. So the pricing at your local game store might not reflect the like true market price on like eBay TCG player. Um, so keep that in mind also. Maybe I forgot to write that down in the show notes here, but that is something that I was thinking about while I was making this list. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to see that uh, Channel Fireball has just stopped selling singles. Right. So, like, their prices... They, they also turned to, off their buy list. Uh, today. Or to, yeah. uh, on, on the 1st. Yeah, okay. So, so, Wednesday. Yeah, so it's officially the 1st. They're going to stop buying cards. Yeah. If you've submitted your buy list by the 1st, you're good. Uh, one other thing to think about is I had, right before I joined the call to do this episode tonight, I was uh, looking at Cape Fear Games game store you know maybe an hour or so from us that we you know we go to kind of regularly a couple times a year whatever on top of like everything else going on they've decided to quarantine all incoming buy list orders for four days so once they receive an order they let it sit in the corner and think about what it's done for four days before they let one of their employees touch it oh wow which i mean i don't blame them you know give some the virus some time to to die off but one more thing to think about if you're you know mail ordering cards is that i hadn't really thought about that yeah well moving ahead with the show this list is going to skip edh staples um that's not really something that we tend to focus on here if that's a list you guys want let me know and i can certainly put it together but i'm gonna skip most of the edh stuff there are some deals to be had but uh like I said, typically that's not what we talk about on this show. So I kind of skipped over that kind of stuff. Fair. And just to kind of drive the point home one more time, uh, the focus of these specs is on building up your collection in your staples box, uh, picking stuff up when they're undervalued, not to focus on flipping cards. I don't want to be responsible if you guys blow a whole bunch of money and then like don't get any money back. I yes, think it, the market is way too uncertain right now for any kind of financial speculation. And I guess we'll throw this in now. Like, How far out do you think the market kind of comes back to where it was basically a month ago? Yeah, that's a really hard question because I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. I don't know what, not to be like melodramatic or anything, but like I don't know what the world looks like after this. You know what I mean? I don't know how quick people are going to be to like have a bunch of disposable income to play Paper Magic when we're all done. And I don't know how long it takes for like that to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough thing to say, especially since like we don't even know when the end of what we're currently in is going to be, let alone the end of whatever financial troubles people have after that i think wizards evidently thinks that we're going to be 
you know, running in store events in the middle of May. I think if we use that as, you know, a start, like a jumping off point, that's probably going to be roundabouts bottom of the market. Yeah, somewhere um, in there. I don't really see prices, you know, going the other way before people start playing Paper Magic again. Yeah, so. so. Some of these prices have already dropped since me and you talked about this last week. Yeah, they have. And I was going to say so. that you might also look at just when people start playing paper magic it's still going to take a long time to kind of soak up the demand the the supply that's out there so right. it could take months to maybe even a year for prices to get back to where they were in january so yeah, just it could be, very well be just be mindful that like you said like if you're gonna ignore us and be like i'm gonna buy 400 fill in the blanks you might be stuck heat with crabs. Heat drawn crabs. You might be stuck with four hundred heat drawn crabs yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, and then so maybe do your best to break even. Yeah. So, um, I mean, even like even when we get to start playing paper magic again, that's probably going to be the point where a lot of these people have their first chance to like move these cards. Yeah. Is like, also. So, like, what's to say that a whole bunch of whole bunch more supply is not going to drive the prices even further down once that happens? Yeah, like, hey, I made it two months, but now I've got to sell this stuff because I just can't keep it. I can't justify it. Yeah. So I really don't know. What I do know is that everything on this list that I've made is significantly cheaper than it was a few months ago and significantly cheaper than it deserves to be. For what that's worth, I think we should start the list, huh? All right, let's go. All right. Uh, like I said, all of these are from Mystery Boosters. I didn't bother looking up pre-crash price because I don't think that for our discussion here today that necessarily matters, although I'm sure that you know we will talk previous price on more than one occasion going through the list here. But the first card on the list is going to be Amulet of Vigor. Sees a ton of play in Modern. Um, it's only available in Mystery Boosters as a foil. You know, if you don't like foils or whatever, I'm sorry about your luck, but it is way cheaper than like even a regular one cost a couple months ago. And it's in like the best deck in modern right now. Amulet Titan. Yeah. You can pick these things up for like 12 bucks. I think they're they're well well worth the money if yes. you have any interest in that deck whatsoever. Yes, you might as well just do it. Yep. Second card is Tireless Tracker. Uh, they are currently $6.00. Oh, I should also say that these prices, um, like I had mentioned earlier, pricing's really weird right now because a lot of people have kind of frozen their prices in time and aren't updating. So instead of going through like Goldfish or, you know, one of the other places that I normally do, these were prices that I pulled directly off of TCG Player. Okay. They weren't necessarily like their market price because that market price can be affected by the price freeze also. These were just kind of the average of what populated on the screen when I searched the card. Okay. So I was going to say, like, the market price on Tireless Tracker right now is 480 Oh, okay. The cheapest well, one on this, the cheapest one you can buy is 574 Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not too far off from the $6. But no. Yeah. And like we had also said, you know, the market is super volatile right now. Yeah. Um I had I did this on Saturday. We're recording on Monday, so you know, your mileage may vary. But Tireless Tracker is seen 
in a whole bunch of different places. Just about every green mid-range deck in Modern and Pioneer plays Tireless Tracker somewhere in the 75. Fantastic card. They were, you know, $20, $25 like this time last year. They're six bucks right now. So card sees way more play than a, than a $6 price tag would let you believe otherwise. Third on the list is Recruiter of the Guard. This was a conspiracy-only card. Sees playing Legacy. I know we're not talking a whole lot about uh, EDH, but definitely sees some EDH play. Really helpful for putting a whole bunch of different combos together. It's six bucks right now. I paid like closer to twenty for mine over yeah, the course of like sure. trading for them and slowly healing there around twenty. Yeah, I'm six pretty sure a I, year ago. Yeah, pretty sure I paid somewhere around twenty for mine. Also, really good card to have, especially going forward. Uh, like I said, it it's really useful in like finding combo pieces. So whenever Wizards decides to print like a new combo piece, um, Recruiter of the Guard just gets even better. Yes. Um, so I think $6 for a card that only has uh, room to grow in the future is a pretty good deal. And Recruiter is a very powerful card to be reprinted very often. Like yeah. the, the closest thing to it was Imperial Recruiter, and they mm-hmm. didn't print Imperial Recruiter for years. So it was like $400. Like yeah, is, and like Imperial Recruiter wasn't ever in a normal set either. Yeah. So this isn't one of those cards that you know is going to be reprinted a lot. Right. Also, like we have touted Legacy in the past, mm-hmm. and Death and Taxes is the cheapest Legacy deck to get into. And right. this is a way to like start your march towards that mm-hmm. for $25. Next up is Colligan's Command sees tons of play in modern has seen a whole bunch of play in modern for a long time uh, almost since it was printed i think it's seen play in modern it's seeing play in pioneer uh, the card does so much for like what's written on it all of the commands are kind of modal so you get to pick what modes you want to use makes them really well versed for like any sort of mid-range format where you're just looking for an answer also kind of ties into what we were talking about last week with sideboard choices. Colligan's Command is a good, good or not a good, but it's a great sideboard card because it's modal and the different modes mean different things in different matchups. Yeah. Um, so you can bring it in in a lot of different places. The card is never dead. No, n- never ever. Again, really hard to reprint because it's you know part of a cycle from Khan's uh, Attack here. Um, so it's Culligan is one of the dragon lords, so it's hard to reprint like named cards like that. Card's fantastic, yeah. And it's currently seven dollars. And I'm just I'm on uh, MTG stock. What is it? No, what is it? MTG uh, price dot com. Looking okay. up some of these cards, and its best buy list price was eighteen fifty. In October. Yeah. yeah. And like seven bucks right now. And it's seven dollars. So yeah. like you're not gonna see that happen again no. for a card like that. No, and like this kind of card is what gave me the idea for this episode because this card sees so much play and it's so good that like for seven dollars it's worth buying four of them just to sit in a box until you decide to put a deck together. Yeah, this you, you're is never what- you're never going to come up with like the same card for that much money. Yeah, this is one of those things where 
getting your card now and then when the deck that uses it becomes popular and the card mm-hmm. goes from seven dollars to twenty seven dollars you just right. go in your box and are like well now i can play this deck if this is the deck i want to play yep. or i can sell this card but that might not happen for two years right but when it does happen you just go like oh i already have this card it's fine yeah, it's kind of a nice thing to be able to do. It it actually happens a lot between us and like our friends at the local game store. A lot of times, you know, a new deck will come around and like we'll already like me, I think I can speak for me and you both. We'll already have almost the entire deck in pieces sitting in in a box in our, you know, entertainment center or whatever. Yeah, and you're just whereas like, oh. you show up to F&M and you've got people scrambling all over the place asking if anyone's got copies of these cards. It's just kind of nice to already have them. Yeah. And just not that not that not be something you have to worry about. Yeah. So next up on the list is kind of another combo card that's also kind of hard to reprint and much like Recruiter of the Guard kind of spills over into Commander a little bit. But this is a Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. This really isn't a James style card, so I don't really know how much it was in the past. But they're currently four dollars. This card sees a ton of play. Um, it combos with like just about anything that has an enters the battlefield effect, especially ones that untap something because you just go infinite and you make all of the Kiki Jikis and then you smush with them. You don't make Kiki Jikis. Uh, you make, well, yeah, you make whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not just Pestermite. So there's a bunch of cards that combo with it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same idea. So um, the iconic masters Kiki's, were mm-hmm. are listed at ten right now. Okay. The ones from Champions are fifteen. Again, for four dollars, you buy four of them, and then if in modern that deck gets good again, mm-hmm. you just have them. Yep. It's also part of a bunch of combos in EDH that people love to play. I know we're not an EDH, you know, podcast or whatever, and you're not here for that kind of content, but it is a card that sees a lot of play in EDH also. Uh, next up on the list is a card that was insanely expensive, like to the point where I never bought mine. Manamorphos is now $5. Manamorphos was $5 like four years ago. Yeah. I remember I went and bought some when my wife was still in med school. Okay. And so they were, this is like we got in a time machine. And went yeah. back in time four, four or five years. years. I don't ever remember them being five dollars. Um, as far back as I can remember, they've been at at the bare minimum twelve, and I think at one point they were thirty. Yeah, when I forget what deck was the hotness, they got them up to thirty. This is like a uh, Phoenix, I think. Phoenix, and this is a common. Yeah, from Shadowmore. Yeah, and it got a reprint in Modern Masters. And was still like $30. Yeah, it was insane. So for $5, I think you're pretty safe to pick them up. Um, it goes in a whole bunch of different decks. A lot of the blue, like spell, or the red, like blue red spell slinger decks love Manamorphose because it's just like a free card. It gives you the card back and gives you your mana back. Anything that's looking to fill up his graveyard also wants to play Manamorphose again because it's a free card in your graveyard. If you're using it like for Delve or anything, you're almost gaining a mana with it so when it was an uncommon in modern masters again in january of last year its buy list mm-hmm. price was 19 dollars. yeah and 
it was the buy list price was eight dollars January this year. You can pick them up for five right now. I suggest you do. It's yeah. a really hard card to reprint. Even in a reprint set, it's kind of a hard card to reprint because it does some weird things to a limited format. And um, it doesn't like you like it kind of locks you into like having a like red spells matter deck, but it's also yeah. green. Yeah. And there's not gonna be like a green red spells matters deck. So yeah, hardly like, ever. Yeah, so it's like yeah. it's just a weird a weird card to try to fit in and make work in your limited environment. Yep, it's kind of one of those cards, I know we've talked about them before, where like when you're looking through a set file to try and like come off of stuff before rotation, we always say to look at things that are hard to reprint or have like a unique ability that hasn't been done before or that is hard to do in the future, and this kind of meets all of those requirements. Yeah. So. Next uh, up is Chris Pakula. Yeah, the meddling mage. Sees tons of play in humans, modern humans, uh, has for quite some time now. I know the card was cheap before humans became a deck, and nobody really played it, but ever since that deck came around, like two years ago, three years ago, whatever, um, this card's been not only hard to find, but also kind of expensive. Yeah, you can pick has, them up for... It only has two printings before this. Yeah. And so, yeah, there weren't a ton of them. Yep. Uh, you can pick them up for $4 currently. Yeah. So, well worth picking up. Uh, Humans is kind of uh, like a solid like tier one, tier one and a half deck in modern. Like, I don't think it ever really goes away. Like, people still always play. Um, it's going to be around. They're always going to make new humans. The deck will always kind of ebb and flow. And for $4, they're well worth sitting in a box until you decide to put the deck together. I yeah. think. And like it might be tier 1.5 now but you don't know what ridiculous human gets printed in the next set right to break it yep that deck became good when ixalan came out because it gave you um unclaimed territory and kite sail freebooter as like your disruption and your mana worked Mm -hmm. so like another kind of human could take this card from being four dollars to twenty dollars and it's just waiting on that print and then not being stuck Except 100% agree. Collective Brutality, which I already bought. Yeah. At um, $4 these, a piece. Yeah, they were more than that when we talked about them last week. Yeah, you said they were six, and I think I was like, no, I bought them for four fifty four or something. Yeah, so yeah, they're 4 bucks now. This card, in a lot of ways, mirrors Culligan's Command. Um, it fits into the same kind of decks and does some of the same things. Is always like a solid sideboard option. Again, because it's modal, you can bring it in in a couple different matchups. Well, well worth the $4 investment. And it's also an enabler for a lot of things, too, since it discards. So it oh, just yeah. has yeah, all that, that well. flexibility that you might not realize looking at it. Yeah, also, like, Escalate wasn't a really popular mechanic, um, which makes the card hard to reprint also. Yeah. Next up, we have Secure, yes. secure Tribe Scout. Yep. Uh, Only this a one foil. isn't. Yep, foil only. They uh, This was in this set. You couldn't get the foil cards as non-foils. It was like a separate separate print sheet. So the card is not in the set as a non-foil. You can currently pick up the foil copies for $1.25 a piece. And a non-foil copy normally is more than $1.25. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
So hey, yeah. you can get foil amulets. You're mm-hmm. like putting together your amulet titan deck on the shiny side. I bought non-foil uh, Secure Tribe Scouts maybe a year ago, eight months to a year ago. And the ones I bought were beat. Like they are not in good shape. And I th- think I want to say I paid like 450 or 5 bucks a piece for them. Whew. Yeah. So $1.25 is a steal. You should yeah. pick these up. This is another card that's really good in EDH. I know I'm not supposed to be talking about that, but it's fine. drops that let you put extra lands into play are, are very good. All is dust for two fifty. Two fifty. Now to be fair, this card did kind of tank after its reprint in was it Ultimate Masters? Something like that, yeah. It was reprinted not that long ago and that hurt its price a lot. This card was really expensive. It was a staple in um like the Eldrazi Tron decks. And then, like, it did kind of take a hit after its last reprint, but it still wasn't anywhere near $2.50 that it's at now. Yeah, um, I agree. If you like Eldrazi's, it's a super solid pickup at $2.50. This is another really weird card that's kind of hard to reprint. Very useful if you can make use of it. And, you know, for two fifty, it's... Like like with all of these, it's worth sitting in your box until yeah. you know the rainy day comes along where you're like, oh, you know, I wish I had an all this dust, and you go to pick one up at your LGS, and it's $15, and you could have had a whole place set for less than that. We have next up Ancient Ziggurat for two fifty. This, yeah, another part of humans. Another part of humans. It was a, kind of a solid like 5 to $10 card mm-hmm. for the longest time, so two fifty yep. is good. Yeah, uh, and it's another card that like kind of gets better the more cards they print. Yeah, the more, especially like gold cards are like things that like stretch your mana base. Mm-hmm. Ziggurat gets good. Gravecrawler, this card had yeah. a brief stint of being like $10 when Hogak was a thing. Yeah. For $2. $2. Uh, Baleful Strix is kind of a legacy staple at $2. It's got a commander printing, mm-hmm. an iconic masters printing, and now this. Yep, it was in uh, Eternal Masters, too. Eternal Masters. Okay, it was in one of the Master sets. Yeah, I think it was Eternal Masters. Okay. Uh, But yeah, for two bucks. It's kind of a no-brainer. Nissa Voice is Endicar. Three-mana Planeswalker with a somewhat uh, relevant ability. Mm -hmm. Has kind of like ebbed and flowed uh, with like when uh, Pioneer got started and was in... uh, People were kicking it around in like the Hardened Scales decks. Yep. This is just one that's good to have. Yep. It's two bucks. It's also kind of a card that, especially lately, Wizards has liked to play around with like counter synergies, like plus one, plus one counters synergies. And this is an enabler for that kind of synergy. Yeah. Like uh, the Winding Constrictor, Walking Ballista, that kind of stuff. Um, this plays kind of well into that strategy. So if you if they end up printing something that deals with like putting extra counters on or multiplying numbers of counters or whatever, this could very easily see another resurgence where it's, you know, a $10 card again. Yeah. Next up is one that I bought uh, before this reprinting, mm-hmm. before a legacy event, just in case. Yes, just and, in case. And it's Yuriko Tiger's Shadow. It's... Yeah, uh, the- This one I wasn't sure if I was going to put on the list or not because like that deck really didn't do a whole lot, but I thought for two bucks, you know, why the hell not? YOLO. Yeah, it's also like a card that's really fun. Yeah. And 
like people in Legacy are like kind of drawn to this card. Mm-hmm. Like it keeps showing up and, you know, going Baleful Strix into Ninjutsu My Yuriko, play my Baleful Strix the following turn, like to yay. Yeah. You did it. So yep. like that's just a card that I think is going to always float around and, you know, if we go back to Kamigawa or Akoria yeah, right. for some reason has ninjas. <laughs> um Right, like if ninjas show up somewhere, this is a card that's probably, you know, one good ninja, yeah, away from one good cheap ninja, away mm-hmm. from being actually a played playable card. Yep, no, I agree. Uh, uh, next up, we have a card that was very expensive for a long time. Guilt Leaf Palace is a staple in the green black elf decks. I don't know that they play it in legacy do they play this in legacy elves i don't think yeah not that i've seen but yeah these lands were like nothing and then shaman of the pack got printed in magic origins and this land was absurd i I think at one point the guilt leaf was up to like 30 dollars yeah and the same thing happened with aunt something's hobble and annie's hobble that's if she made pretzels uh, <laughs> but whoever's hovel, uh, the the red black goblins land when they printed goblin musician master, was mm-hmm. that it? In modern horizons. In modern horizons, they, uh, yeah. Goblin matron got put into the format, and yeah, yeah. So these like cards are kind of like they can always pop if yeah. there's. I don't know if I bought the giant ones. I, think I, I know have. we had talked about it at one point. Yeah, I don't know if I pulled the trigger on buying some amphitheaters. Yeah. But this is a card that's just going to get, you know, if they print another green-black elf and everyone thinks that's the, the deck to play. Yeah. I, I had this conversation with one of our listeners this week also about elves. Like, elves is just kind of a solid deck to get into modern with. It has a very linear game plan. It really doesn't change a whole lot. So once you learn the lines, you can almost put yourself on autopilot. And then, like, pay more attention to what your opponents are doing to try and learn, like, the rest of the format without changing what you're doing. And it's kind of a cheapish deck to put together, especially now that you can pick up Guilt Leafs for $1.50 a piece. Yeah. Like, they just reprinted Heritage Druid. They just reprinted Nettle Sentinel. All of the rest of the pieces are, you know, reasonably Overgrown tubes are rotating out of standard. And now you can pick up Guilt Leafs for a buck and a half. I think uh, if you you know, are interested in kind of dipping your toes in modern. That's certainly where I push people towards. I've had a copy of Modern Elves built since I got into modern. I've never taken it apart. It's the deck that I lend out on modern night, like when somebody's, you know, wanting to try the format out. So I don't think you can go wrong for a buck and a half. Next up is one of the most expensive uncommons I've mm-hmm. seen from a recent set, and that is Fatal Push. It's yeah. somehow a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, I almost want to say pick up as many as you can, but I don't know what the future of Magic looks like, so I'd be hesitant to pick up as many as you can. But like, if you wanted to pick up a couple play sets, you know, one a play set for Modern and a play set for Pioneer, I uh, I wouldn't have any problems with that. I think you'd be perfectly safe. When this card was in Standard, I was buy listing it for nine dollars. Right. Yep. And now it's a dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Whew. It mighty have yeah. fallen. Crazy how the times have changed. Chromatic Star is a dollar twenty-five. Yep. I guess I don't know where this card was. 
Chromatic Star only had one printing in Time Spiral, I believe, and this was always the expensive egg. Like Chromatic Sphere was cheaper because it had a couple different printings. And what's the other one? Star was printed in M10 as well. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, I'm. I I just brought it up to see. All right. So yeah, it was in Time Spiral, and it was it's the Time Spiral printing still three dollars. Oh wow, yeah, it had a printing in uh, tenth edition that's four dollars and twenty two cents. Oh, tenth edition, not M ten. Sorry, tenth edition. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, this one had stuck in my head about being the expensive egg. I guess I don't play enough eggs in general to know like what the differences are i know they do slightly different things um so but one is when it's sacrificed you draw a card and yeah. that sphere and this is when it's put into the graveyard you draw a card okay so so it can be like destroyed and you just still draw a card yeah but sphere is i think the one that you can do the trick where since it's a mana ability yeah they have no time to respond Oh, okay. So you just automatically draw the card whenever you sack it because it's part of the mana ability resolving. All right. So yeah, um, fun times. Yeah, for a buck and a quarter, this is another like thing that can sit in your staples binder or staples box. And you know, if there if there ever is another you know eggsy combo, you'll you'll be a step a step ahead of the game already. Yeah. Next up uh, is is yep. one of my kind of cards, Hedron yeah. Crab. These were always kind of weirdly priced, like they've always been kind of more expensive than I thought they should be. So maybe this one doesn't quite fit on the list because now I think it's probably priced where it should be, but they're a buck. Yeah, which is fine. And, yeah, and they enable a whole bunch of different strategies. Landfall, while it is an ability that's kind of easy to reprint, I don't know that Hedron Crab by itself is super reprintable. So I don't I don't know that it ever goes you know, much below a dollar. Yeah. It's a and, it's a card that a lot of like casual players like too. Yeah, being and mill. Whenever anyone whenever they print a graveyard card, mm-hmm. he draw crabs go up. Think yeah. about the number yeah. of graveyard decks that were in modern like six months ago, even like after Hogak. Yeah. There was like uh Crabvine for a yep. while. And then preordain at a dollar. Yeah. This is another one that I wasn't super sure if it like should belong on the list or not, but I know that I went to pick up preordains, you know, not super long ago, and I couldn't believe how expensive they were. Yeah, because they're like banned and everything. They're banned and everything, and they've been reprinted multiple times. Yeah, but but they were still like four dollars. Yeah, which makes no sense. Yeah, so preordains are a buck if that's your thing. Uh, pick up some preordains. The next one blew my mind because I remember spending like twenty dollars a piece on these. Yes, and they're now they're now a dollar. Yes, I held off buying them because they were so expensive. And the yeah. card we speak of is Inquisition of Kozilek. Is absolutely a staple of the modern format in a bunch of different decks. It is certainly uh, my kind of card. It has a special place in my heart. For a dollar, you can't go wrong. Um, definitely something that's worth sitting in your staples binder. Especially when you get a play set for under five bucks. So that's the top 21 cards you think you should pick up because we couldn't stop before we got to Inquisition because that's <laughs> just insane how cheap that is. Yeah, I can't believe how cheap that is. Yes, I remember just being like, I'm never going to play any card that needs Inquisition, any deck that needs Inquisitions because I can't bring myself to spend $20 on an uncommon. 
Yeah. And now it's a dollar. Yep. Pick so we've Although got the old the old art is the best art. This is true. This is true. The new yeah. art, like I don't know what that vampire's doing or if they are vampires. I'm very confused. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Inquisition, yes. Kozilek, I don't know where he is in any in that art. Yeah. Uh so we've got a whole bunch more that are on kind of the the, the lower end to do mm-hmm. next week. Yep. You'll get it you'll get a sneak preview if you go to our if you use our link, but that's all right. <laughs> so we're gonna touch on a little bit of arena stuff. Yeah, not and, a ton to go over, but we'll talk about what we have. Yeah. So first, uh what I've been doing is I've just been again a filthy casual who just wants to relax, man. And yeah. have been playing Brawl. So Brawl, What have you been playing on Brawl? So I had just been jamming basically a slightly updated a list of our chew lane build okay from when we added some a theris beyond death cards and called it good people concede to thassa on the board play agent of treachery they just yeah, concede they to that uh it's like yeah i win um <laughs> but i thought i would do something different i was like well let me play something different let me play like a blue red spells deck so i first okay. tried to play kaikar where okay. like with kaikar plus runaway steamkin basically all your spells are free right but kaikar's bad like god yeah, awful i was like oh this is horrific what am i doing to myself and then i just like i was only playing white for teferi shatter the sky time wipe well and kaikar kaikar and um definitely clarion i was like well yeah. i can get rid of these and just play my boy niv mizzet oh yeah niv mizzet's the good kaikar right <laughs> and uh the fact that like never gets countered and you always get a card back and so I was just playing blue red spells and I have effectively like two ish win cons mm-hmm. thousand year storm and oh boy. and Nif miss it. Yeah. So I was someone was at like twenty one and I was like, Am I just gonna wipe their board this turn? I was like, I don't know. I was like, let's find out. And I was like, Underworld Breach, <laughs> shock you. Oh wait, shock you. Shock. Oh, wait, I just killed you. Okay, cool. That's <laughs> great. I just, I was like, oh, I guess they're dead now? Okay, yeah. cool. So I've been doing that. It's been fun. Again, kind of brain dead. And again, as soon as I stop having fun, I just concede. Yep. Uh, I, will I, uh, I started putting together uh Get Good Monster deck. Okay. And then, then I remembered that I wasn't playing EDH and I was playing Brawl. And I could only have 60 cards in my deck. And I had way too many cards I wanted to play, so I gave up on that. Yeah, my uh, my Kaikar slash Niv deck started out at like ninety six, and I had to whittle yeah. it down. Yeah, I will. I will say though that so they got rid of Golos, and mm-hmm. now like I feel like the Commander du Jour is just a uh, five color Niv. Yeah, probably. That's just all you play against all the mm-hmm. time, and so that gets a little old. Yeah. So, but you know. I'm there doing my like weird Niv thing, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm just over <laughs> here like playing two colors. The good Niv, yeah, the good Niv, the Niv that draws me cards. That's right. So that's being. That's going to keep going on until April 16th. I don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to feel about maybe extending that. You know, again, the uh, self isolation or uh, be uh, how how yeah. that impacts it. But I mean, they also might see like, wow, there's. Maybe if we find we can get more people to play Brawl, if we're yeah. not charging them an exorbitant sum to do it. it. 
exactly what I was just going to say is I think that they should just make Brawl free anyway. And like, you know, if you want to jump into an event where you can earn some gems or something like that's your own prerogative, but I don't see why they have to charge for Brawl flat out in general. Yeah. So hopefully this will like show them the error of their ways. Yeah. So we already talked a little bit about the arena FNMs. I think mm-hmm. the the FNM at home event this week is like play any deck regardless if you have the cards or not. Like they're just going to let you play whatever what you is? want. I think so, yeah. Okay. So again, if your store is doing a thing where you like, you know, take a screenshot or whatever and show them that you got your two wins and they give you a uh, like a code for a sheet uh sleeves or whatever on a uh, arena Mm -hmm. like take advantage like you know money if you don't have the money to give them at least like being engaged with them and letting them know that like you care and still care if they're there probably goes a long way yep and then the final thing that's happening on arena is we had the first arena magic fest conclude correct and the top eight was sunday and mark jacobson uh won the event with saltai ramp Surprise, surprise. Yeah, we had a. Uh, I tweeted out a few decks from it because there was a teamer flash deck that okay. like boggled my mind. I was like, okay. And it was just like, it had some expansion explosions. It had some uh, bone crusher giants. It was just, I, I, I don't know why we needed the red, but we had the red and it did well. So I sent Weird. it out. It's like, hey, you thought your mana was bad before. <laughs> I just. <Yeah. laughs> You know, you know what you need. You need turn two red to to uh, shock something, and then turn four you need blue, blue, green, green. Good luck. <laughs> with not great mana bases. Yeah, with not the best. You know, I admit to being a bad podcast host. So for these arena magic fests, basically Channel Fireball is running like twenty four hour nonstop coverage. I don't yeah. know if it's on their like YouTube page. Or if they're doing it on Twitch or like where it is, I should have probably looked. But basically, if you reach out to them and say that you're playing in the event and you're like live streaming your uh, your match, your match, there's a chance that they will pick it up and do coverage for it. So they're just awesome. They're just like, hey, let us know that you're doing this. And if you do, we might like have someone do coverage. So they're trying to give you that at a magic fest feel mm-hmm. to keep people I think engaged with competitive magic without having to actually like set up the event and right. put bring people together. But like we said It's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that they were doing that. Like had I known that I would have tried to, you know, tune in and watch some. I had no idea they were doing that. Yeah, basically like LSV was listening to uh L R today and he was like, Oh yeah, I like clocked in yesterday for an eight hour shift of coverage. Hmm. And so, yeah, they're just grinding through coverage uh, for that. So there's going to be coverage of magic kind of whenever I think the like, at least initially, like maybe some of the skill level might be varied, but they might be kind of selectively picking like, you know, like, hey, I'm a I'm a rivals member where yeah. I, I make content, watch me stream. Mm-hmm. But they are doing that. And this week starts the next uh, Sunday started the next uh the next round of it so they're gonna do like a month and then hmm. i think all the winners are maybe a certain cut of each week then move on to effectively like 
a tournament of champions slash like monthly win and whoever wins the month i think the top two get two uh uh players tour final invites oh wow that's cool yeah so like this gave i think this week gave away like i think the top eight got pro tour invites or players tour invites hmm. so it's like kind of just like a legit magic fest yeah. with coverage that's and everything cool. and 25 dollars to enter so yeah so yeah i'll have to check it out i don't so, know if yeah. i'm down for a 25 dollar arena tournament but yeah i don't I'll know definitely if definitely check some of the coverage out though I I will tell you that I am probably a significantly le- uh, worse arena player than oh, I am yeah. paper player. I am a way worse arena player than I am a paper player. Like the number of times I just went like I go like oops I guess I sequenced that wrong. Uh huh. I was All playing the time. yeah I was playing the artisan event and mm-hmm. paid any attention with my blocks the turn before I would have just won, but uh, yeah. the wife was talking to me and then the cat threw up and then I went back and I was like oh man. <laughs> I'm like two goblins short. I would have had two more goblins <laughs> had I uh, had I blocked yeah. this in any way that wasn't dumb. But right. <laughs> instead, I blocked any it. Any way other than I did. Yeah, it's like, how did I block it? Oh, the worst way possible. Excellent. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of a weird event, the, the artisan event for that was on Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. it's like, the title's like, We Are Many. And like, yeah. you have eight copies of every card or something absurd. It's really strange, yeah. Like, you know they picked how- like they picked a card, and then decided that you could have a whole bunch of that card, and then picked a couple other cards to go around it, and decided that you could have more copies than normal of those cards. So you end up with like decks that only have six different cards in them. It's really strange. I um was playing the the goblins one. Yeah, and. At one point, I had six goblin warchiefs on the battlefield. The what are you going to do with six goblin warchiefs? Cast one mana goblin ringleaders. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Then you cast... That have ma- haste, 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 haste. Yeah, and then you cast a two mana siege gang. Yeah. And you end games by, like, hitting <laughs> your opponent for 12 with, like, siege gangs. Yeah. It, it's just like, this is so dumb. I mean, yeah. it was enjoyable. I went like five and one. I probably sh- I should have gone six and zero oh with that goblins deck. I didn't know that, that event started. I'll, I'll have to jump on when we get off of here tonight. Yeah, so it's like the white one. You get like I think infinite charm strays. Yeah, yeah. The black one. It seems like the the four mana three two that makes a zombie equal For each to the copy in your graveyard. Uh, my opponent was making five zombies at a time. Wow. Because they had five in their graveyard plus like three on the battlefield. Yeah. The I only played against a green one once, and I think it's Marwin the Nurturer, which is not a good card to have a million of, but my opponent played like three. Yeah. And then it's just like infinite goblin ringleaders. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, you're like, oh, my hand's empty. Oh, I drew a ringleader. I have 17 cards not in my hand now. Yeah. yeah. You're like ringleader into ringleader into ringleader. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> Snowballs quickly. Uh, yes. And they're all one mana. This is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so whatever. That was... It's good that you're doing different stuff. I have no idea what the reward is. It's like a sack of fa- of favor or something. I have no idea what I got yeah. for the event. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like I, something I think I've done... Well, I think I've done every one of those events so far. And for each one, you get the sack of favor or whatever. And I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what's in the sack. 
Yeah. Just like, whatever. Thank you for giving me something and letting something. me play this brain dead format. Yep. So yeah, so if you're jonesing for magic coverage, mm-hmm. there is some out there. If when you're when you're wanting to play your absolute best magic on arena, throw something up on your TV to distract you. <laughs> so you could look down and go like, Oh, I sequenced that wrong. Oh yeah. I'm a dumb dumb. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like I hope I don't get punished. Oh, wait, no, I got punished. Okay, I deserve that. Moving on. Moving on. So with that, I think that's a show. I think that's pretty much a show. Again, if you want to help us out and let us know what you want to hear about in uh, the dark times, uh, mm-hmm. you can get at us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, you can shoot us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, if you want to, I know it's times are tough lately, but if you want to throw us a couple bucks on Patreon, we would super appreciate it. It's uh, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Make sure if you're going to order anything through TCG, uh, use our affiliate link. If you're interested in picking up any of the cards that we talked about today, uh, the link will be down in the comments. Unfortunately, combined with our list for next week also, but maybe not unfortunate for you. You can kind of scoop scoop the deals quick, uh, but make sure you check that out. And again, if you guys have any uh, ideas for things that you want us to cover in the meantime, while we, you know, try and figure out what this new world we live in looks like, and you know, what, when we're not sure what kind of content we're going to have, uh, definitely shoot us your ideas. So, all right, I'm going to put James on the spot as I'm doing it myself. Okay. Another place you can get at us is you can okay. message us on Arena. I'm trying to load up my Arena right now to tell you what my uh, a little ID code is. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that uh, Arena messaging was up and running. I thought it was. Maybe it is. Uh, we'll Maybe I just don't have any friends. We'll do a test. Um, yeah. So, if you want to... Add me as a friend on mm-hmm. Arena. I'm Dr. Gamer, PhD, number 40043. Okay. If you would like to add me as a friend on Arena, I am Greasy Jockey, G R E A S E Y J O C K E Y, number 49697. Ooh, hey, buddy. Yeah, and messaging yeah. is up on Arena because I just messaged uh, James while we were doing this. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to. Sweet. Yeah. So I think there's still some bugs where it, if they're in a game, they don't see the message. And okay. it doesn't tell you like, hey, they're in game. But if you're like, hey, I got this like pressing show idea I want to send to you. And you yeah, see one of us on there. Go ahead. Yep. I think you have to be friends, so like, send us a friend request thing or whatever, and we will add anybody who friends us. Yeah, so just get at us. We'll we'll hook you up with yep. with the old friend, and then you can you can harass us or interact with us nicely on you know whatever on, you want on arena. <laughs> so uh, just don't expect emotes. Yeah, d- no, I'm silent mode. Stealth yeah, mode. Absolutely. I, I just pretend like I'm. I pretend like it's 1996, and you can't play online. I'm just playing against some random robot. 
<laughs> that's how I grew up on video games. No interaction, just me and a controller. A simpler yep. time. 100% true. Except for Duke Nukem. <laughs> Duke Nukem was multiplayer? I think I only played Nukem like for a little bit. Duke Nukem was absolutely multiplayer. Okay. And it was awesome. Okay. It was I, great. I played Duke Nukem <laughs> uh, very little. And also, I lived in the country. So, uh, 56K was uh, beyond our telephone line's capability of, of making happen. Uh, all right. When the, when the garbage truck backs into your uh, telephone box enough times, it just stops <laughs> sending phone calls. <laughs> yeah. I used to play Duke Nukem with some friends of mine, like when I was in high school or whatever. I gotcha. guess middle school. But yeah. Yeah. Duke Nukem. So. Man. A simpler time. And simpler times and with that we will catch you on the interwebs we will catch you on arena when you send us a, a message there you go look yeah. forward to it yep see okay. you guys yeah. bye